Hello, beautiful souls. You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and angel medium, Julie Jancis. As this episode airs, we are in the midst of COVID-19. Friends, this is tough stuff. There is discomfort and frustration for some, loss and grief for others. And while we're not here to minimize anyone's pain, in the midst of all of it, there is also beauty, love, grace, and compassion in the coming together, kind actions, and rebuilding. We can all see so clearly now that what impacts just one person on one side of the world can impact everyone everywhere. We feel oneness and empathy for one another like never before. This is a massive shift, a global awakening. Allow it to shift and awaken you. Know that as you do, we're here for you, to pray with you, to share your stories, to shine some light, and to help in any way we can as you heal. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me, book a distance session, or take the Angel Reiki School online to develop your own unique spiritual gifts. If you want to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly, take my online Angel Communication e-course. Your angels want me to tell you that you're going to be okay. They want you to put together your own spirit team here on earth, a team of people and resources who can help you in every area where you need support. And we hope that you'll make us a part of your earthbound spirit team. Thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us be part of your healing journey. Now let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. We have a very special guest on today. Her name is Wanda, and she is here with an angel story. Wanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, good. So I'm going to have you take it away and share your first angel story, because I know you have a few and a few with the same person. Right. So um, I used to be a hairdresser for about 27 years. And when I, you know, when you're a hairdresser, you always hear the nitty gritty, the details of most of your clients. And I had a family that um, used to come into the salon and the mom used to go to somebody else that had left our salon, but she would bring her two daughters in sometimes, or the dad would bring the two daughters in. And I used to do both the two daughters hair and the dad's hair. And... Um, It was actually my daughter's fourth birthday, and I got a, I was preparing for her birthday party, you know, as four-year-olds get, and I got a call from my ex-coworker, Wendy, and she's like, Wanda, you're never going to believe this, but Megan committed suicide. I'm like, what? So I was just shocked. I couldn't believe it. She was 15 years old. Um, It was just very tragic. And I had no idea. And then I had a sense of guilt about that because I felt like when she would come in, she would always come in with either her mom, her sister, or her dad and her sister. So I never felt like we got that one-on-one that she could tell me things all by herself. But she was 15. So, uh, you know, they do their own thing sometime and don't like to tell people things either. So I'd asked a little bit of the details, you know, about what happened and, you know, if there's a a funeral or a wake and that and when it is. And so 
I went to that stuff and I had a really hard time at the wake. Um, you know, all of her peers were there and there were like a bunch of teenage kids and the dad was consoling to me and I just, it just was really hard on me. And I just, you know, I couldn't believe she did it. And I thought, why didn't you tell somebody she's beautiful, smart, talented? Why didn't she reach out? Come to find out, I had found out this was her third attempt and the parents were on a 24 hour, every two hours suicide watch with her and she still managed to do it. So I was like, okay, well, this is something that she really was serious about. So a few months go by, I would probably say six to eight months go by. And in that house, in our bedroom, it was very dark in that bedroom. You couldn't see your hand in front of your eyes. And that night when I went to bed, I could see into my closet and I was like, geez, it's like light in here. And, you know, I just didn't think much of it, but I thought it was weird that it was kind of bright in my bedroom when it never was and no curtains were open or anything. And so that night I had a dream about Megan and she came to me in my dream and I was walking on a country road and there was like prairie flowers all around and uh, tall grasses and I had my work apron on and I had pockets and stuff and all of a sudden Megan comes skipping along behind me and then I said, Megan, oh my gosh, I love you. How are you doing? And she's like, Wanda, I am so happy. And she put something in my pocket, which I thought was the significance of the dream. And so then she went in the fields of prairie flowers and just doing cartwheels and just faded off into the distance. And the next day, her dad and her sister were in for haircuts. And I was excited, and I said, hey, Dan, I said, what was Megan's favorite cookie? That was what she had put in my pocket. <laughs> and he said, well, I, I'm not really quite sure. And I said, well, would it happen to be chocolate, chocolate chip by chance? And he's like, yeah, definitely one of her favorites. And I said, Dan, you have to listen to this. And he started to get tears in his eyes, which was, to me, unusual, because he seemed to be so strong through all that. And he says, I've been having a really hard time with her lately, and I don't know why. And I said, Dan, that's it. I said, she came to me in my dream to tell you that she is so happy. And that was kind of it. I never had any, like, wondering how she was doing or didn't worry about her. And I knew she had given me that message that she was okay. So the next two stories are very similar. So my dad died in September of 2016. And it was kind of a, it was sudden and unexpected, but he had uh, lived with my sister in Northern Wisconsin. And so we had the one, we had two funerals for him because I have a lot of siblings and some of my siblings said that my dad would prefer his funeral at his church in Minneapolis area. So my sister and I had thought that we felt more comfortable having his funeral first at her church up in northern Wisconsin. So we had that and it was hard and it was great and it was wonderful to say goodbye to him and that honor and everything. So then my brother and sister-in-law and their family came up from South Carolina and we had a second funeral at my dad's church up in Minneapolis area. And I didn't think that funeral would be that hard because I already been through one and I was like, I'll get through this one just fine. Wrong. 
So my brother spoke and it was beautiful and it was nice. And he cried and my sister-in-law spoke and what she had said just kind of resonated with me. And I wasn't quite sure why. And then my nephew spoke and it was great and it was wonderful. And he cried and it was just a really hard funeral. I was all by myself because my family couldn't go with and, and that was fine with me. So I was coming back home and um, I was by myself. I was having a hard time and I was crying. And I had crossed the Minnesota-Wisconsin border coming home. And all of a sudden I see something like a shadow in the sky. And I was like, what is that? Like I thought maybe it was like a low flying airplane. And this was very beginning of October. And so then I was like, oh my gosh, it's three eagles. I have never hardly ever seen an eagle in my life, let alone three. And right away, one of the eagles flew right over my car and it was so close to my car that I thought it was going to hit me, but it was going over onto the side to pick up whatever, probably roadkill or something on the side of the road. And so I had thought about what my sister-in-law had said, and I'm sure later I had conversed about what she had said in her speech about my dad or whatever. And so what she had said was um, a verse out of the Bible, Revelation. And in the verse, it said about in the center of the throne, there are four living creatures covered with eyes in the front and the back. The first was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around. I couldn't believe it because I was like, I saw three eagles. That's six wings. And when I always thought that if my dad was going to send me a message, it was going to be in the form of a dog because my dad was a huge dog lover. And, but I thought, you know, if he would send a sign of a dog, he'd probably have to send 10 dogs in order for me to be like, that's a sign for, for my dad. So for me to get the sign of an eagle, I was just like, oh my gosh. So then it was about six weeks later, possibly, a relative on my dad's side, her grandson had uh, passed away from a severe asthma attack. And he was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 years old. And he, his family lived close, closer to me. And so I thought I would pay my respects to the family and go for the wake which happened to be on my birthday that year. And so I was like, I'll be like my dad because my dad would be that type of person to go, you know, pay his respects to funerals or, you know, whatever it may be, hospital visits, whatever. So on the way there, I was just maybe 10 minutes from my home and I was thinking about that and I was thinking about my dad and I was thinking how he'd be proud of me. All of a sudden, an eagle flies right over my car again to the side of the road. I'm like, there you are. Hi, Dad. Got my confirmation. <laughs> so those are my three stories that were just, I know, signs from those, those two people who have passed on, and I know that was my signs from them. Wow. I absolutely love those stories. Wanda, tell me, when you brought through those messages for your client's dad, how did it feel to bring through those messages? Were you nervous to share that information? And if you were, how did you work through that? I wasn't nervous at all because honestly, I thought it was the cookie that was significant. <laughs> I, I thought, why she put this cookie in my pocket? That's what I thought was the significance. And when he 
started to cry and had tears in his eyes, then I realized it was, it was for him. That message was for him, for me to give that message to him. That's so beautiful. So I think that's just so encouraging for everybody listening to not have that fear or that anxiety or that stress in bringing through messages to other people because that is the work of bringing through messages. I don't know why spirit shows me or makes me feel a certain way or tells me certain things. I just have to trust that whatever I see, hear, feel, or get a knowingness of when I bring it through to the person, it will have meaning for them. And so I think it's just such a a powerful message to everybody listening that it's okay to share those messages when they come through to you for somebody else. I don't think I've ever had another like message either. Not that I'm aware of. If I have, I don't know that it was so like concrete that that was my, my job was to tell her dad. Yeah. You know, I don't know that it was, if I had another dream or whatever, feeling, sighting, whatever it was, I don't know that it's ever been so concrete that I've had it to give this message to somebody so strongly. I love that. I think that that's such a great way of seeing things. You know, we don't always know why it's there and that message is there, but we are supposed to bring it through and it's okay. I had a message here in the calendar request um, that you had some questions, too, that maybe you wanted to ask on air. I think Sandy had answered those uh, questions fairly well. I did have another, like, a couple of questions, I guess, and or comments, too. But I had, like, a revelation from one of your shows when you had done the lady who had been from Texas. She had moved to Colorado shortly after... Uh, she had left Colorado to move back by her sister who had cancer. And then shortly after she moved back, her sister had died. And then she had miscarried. And they said that she had said that her baby had died the same day that her sister had died. And uh, just a little history. My parents were divorced, but my dad had died September of 2016. And I had seen a psychic. See, was it May? It was, I think it was May of 2016. And I didn't tell, I had seen him like five or six times. So it wasn't like the stranger that didn't, like, I've never known his style or whatever. I was familiar with his style. And I, I had a lot going on in my life. And I just kind of wanted to see if he would validate some of those things. And um, he had told, well, my dad had been diagnosed with a form of dementia just because he had a heart attack and he had been out for a bit and his memory had been affected. And so they had diagnosed him with dementia. It's a long story, but basically my sister and I were going to choose to be his caretakers. And so the psychic had said, um, don't, don't do that. It's going to be a job too big for you. But what I had already been in the plans of working on how we were going to make this happen. And I decided to quit my career as a hairdresser because I didn't, I rented my own chair. And so I wouldn't have had benefits if I needed to take time off to take care of my dad and or my mom because my mom was not a healthy person for many years. And so we had chosen to do that, my husband and I and my family, and then we were selling our house and moving closer to be by my mom and we were going to build a house that was accommodating for them if we needed to have them living with us. And so that was in May of 2016 and the psychic told me that my dad was going to die first. 
and that my mom was fragile, and but not to worry. And I was like, if you know my parents, if you know anything about my parents, you know that that is the craziest thing in the world to hear. And I didn't tell anybody because that's how crazy it was. I'm like, okay, that's not something that's going to come true because my dad was so healthy. He would run every day on the treadmill. He worked out on at the Y. He Actually, that's where he had his heart attack. He rode bike. He pulled his dogs in the bike trailer. I mean, he was super healthy. My mom was not. She smoked and had a lifestyle that was not <laughs> healthy. Well, lo and behold, my dad did die before her. And, you know, it was very hard because then five months later, my mom died. And it was like, why all this bad stuff? And then we, we moved regardless, you know, that whole plan of moving to accommodate them and take care of them. We just, we were in the middle of it all. So we decided that we'll just keep going with it. Well, when I heard your podcast about that lady who had moved back to Texas to take care of her sister and then she died quickly, I was like, that's it. That's why my dad had to die before my mom because he needed to help to get her into heaven. And I know that's why after hearing that podcast, because no one would ever have believed why my dad would have died before my mom based on their health. That happens a lot. And I think it happens more than we realize. A lot of times one person will leave to go home and set up everything and just help the other person cross over to the other side. You know, it's interesting because when I was in my prayers, like morning prayers this morning, Something that came in for the podcast, but I didn't know how it was going to relate was it's also a lot of times the people who are stubborn, you know, who you think, you know, um, well, why are they still here? You know, and they are here longer also because they have more lessons to learn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my mom was a very stubborn person, too. So but she wasn't willing to change her lifestyle regardless regardless if it was bad or good for her. And she, her doctor told her she had nine lives and she was on her third cat. And <laughs> we started to believe it. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny. So that's interesting. I feel like you stepped up though when your dad passed, because what he's showing me is that you did take care of a lot more than maybe you thought you were going to originally. And I feel like you were also, um, he's showing me you caring for your sister in a way um, where you're just, you were really there for her as her emotional support system. And he really thanks you because he says that you went above and beyond and you chose that all from your free will to be that support for everybody. And he's just so grateful. Yeah, it's, it's true, really. Yeah, she, I mean, she had a hard time just because he lived with her for a short time from Minneapolis to her house. And so, I mean, it was hard on her, too, what she had went through in order to get everything set up for him and to, for him to be happy. It wasn't an easy transition for him just because, you know, of the memory issues, supposedly, and stuff. Although, we've had a rough road since. It's, it's, there's a lot of unanswered questions about his passing and it's a lot of stuff that has happened since then and his wife at the time had sued us over his life insurance and she died <laughs> nine months after my dad died so it was three people all within nine months and it was really very difficult because she just totally shot us out of her life and 
that was really, really difficult. And his children, her children turned on us and took over the lawsuit and essentially won, which was really, really, really devastating to us kids. And actually, I, it really separated two of us, well, me from two of my siblings because of a lot of that. And I know it's not what my dad would want, and, but he'd also be really upset over what has happened too and what they have done. So it's not the easiest thing to live with, but unanswered questions and who knows if we'll ever understand that. Three eagles and three people in nine months. Yep. I know that, you know, when we have somebody that passes and they don't have things set up the way that they should have been, there are regrets on the other side of it not being set up the way that they want it to be, which is why I recorded that podcast last summer. I think it was uh, summer 2019 about how to talk to people who are still here because we are living in an age with so many different blended families. And if you don't structure things legally the way that you want it to be, and you know what, I don't care what any lawyer says, if somebody doesn't have a copy of that, that person's significant other can chuck it in the fire and it's irrelevant, right? So this isn't just happening to you. This is a big issue right now. And people need to be aware that having those conversations might not be comfortable, but they need to be had and we need to be able to do our own work to set up our own life insurance, our own wills, our own trusts so that our people are protected as well. And really, you can't do that soon enough. I recommend that everybody has a, uh, a will and trust if you at least we did, have children. We did have that set up. My dad had been married and had the life insurance set up, but then his wife had basically said she couldn't take care of my dad based on his health issues because she was also dealing with health issues herself, but her family cut us all completely out of their life all of a sudden. It was the strangest thing. And I mean, Jeannie ended up dying of a brain tumor. And so, you know, that was a very real thing, but my dad was willing to work with the family and everybody. And so when she basically said, I can't take care of you, you can't live in this house with me anymore. Um, we had to do something for my dad's safety because we didn't know what could happen if they weren't willing to have him live there. What could they have done? And so he made the executive decision to take her off of his life insurance and just leave it for us five children. And they didn't believe he had the cognitive ability to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We wished we would have wrote it down in front of a you know, somebody in front of the insurance people, because once it's, once there's a debate with the insurance companies, they throw it to the attorneys. And I lost all faith in attorneys after that, because um, it's been a brutal battle, you know, basically saying that, you know, he had dementia and, and he really didn't have dementia. He had memory loss suffered from his heart attack when he fell he was out for, we don't know how long, maybe a couple minutes, maybe a minute. We don't know. But he has memory loss from that. It's not the same as dementia or Alzheimer's. It's different. So uh, the family sued us, and it was just, and it was for a minuscule amount. It really wasn't that much. And it wasn't the point. 
it's what my dad wanted. He wouldn't have, my dad was the nicest person there was, and he wanted everybody to get along. But then he decided on his own, and that's how he was. Once he decided on his own, this is how it's going to be. That's the way it was going to be. And so, and I truly believe in my heart that I know that my stepmom died of a brain tumor. I truly believe that really wasn't her. It was her children. But that's the way it ended. And, you know, it's, it has not been a good note. And it really stinks because I thought we all got along great before. My dad was really good to them until he couldn't help them anymore. Then they turned 360 on him. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I uh, I just can't tell you how much and how often I see this. And I think it's so painful to everyone on the other side because so often it isn't the way that they had wanted things. And what your dad wants you to know is just really forgiveness isn't for another person. Forgiveness is for yourself to release that hardness. And that's been a hard lesson for me to learn as well um, because we had the exact same thing happen to us uh, in a different way. Nobody sued us for anything. It was just all stolen pretty much out of our hands and, uh, and sold from out beneath us. And, uh, So I completely get it. I can't tell you how many letters I wrote and then did not send, but that true forgiveness and understanding that that lesson wasn't for the people who had wronged me. It was for me to release that heavy, heavy energy from my heart, from my body, from my auric field so that it didn't hurt me anymore. Yeah. And my dad was the king of that. I mean, forgiveness was his middle name. And so he had forgiven people that I was like, why? (laughs) And I understand that I've had to do that several times in my life. But I, you know, there's just some things that I don't want to see certain people in my life ever again, because of what they had done to my dad, you know, because of what money, you know, and it wasn't even that much and the pain and suffering that we all had to endure because of it. And then to end up you know, like I don't talk to some of my siblings now, not so much because of the losses so much is more so because of my mom's life insurance. And, and that's, you know, the hardest thing too. And you know what, I just mind my own business and we have our house and we built it and I like it and I find peace in that. And I try to find, I try to ask, you know, like signs from my mom and I don't, I I think I think signs from my mom are blue jay, just because her favorite color was blue. Yeah. Um, and I try to like I do see blue jays. It seems often enough. But then I don't know. You had asked, or you had said in one of your podcasts about asking. You can be like, you know, show me this or show me that from your loved ones. And so I, well, probably about a month or so ago, I'd asked for to see signs of pairs if my mom and dad are together and. I have not noticed signs of pairs and I would like to know if they were to, you know, together, but I feel like they are very close soul friends on the other side, but I don't see him with either person. I don't see him with your stepmom. I don't see him necessarily being romantically connected to your mom on the other side. I really see him as with his true soulmate energy on the other side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he's had a few siblings pass himself, so he's for sure with those uncertain of that. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I really feel like this isn't over, though. His big message for you today is that it's not over um, with those siblings that you aren't talking to because he makes me feel like there were some close relationships before and that he really wants to see everybody come back together. There's some other things that have happened with your step-siblings where maybe we can forgive, but we're not going to have that same closeness that we did before. But there are things that are going to be shifting over the next couple of years. And I feel like some of those relationships that maybe felt more distant over the last year um, are going to be coming back together. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I could see that. It's just I had to distance myself from my siblings because it was just bringing me down and they were just saying things that weren't kind and untrue. And, you know, I can't, I can't live my life trying to prove myself because it's not worth it. I know who I am. And like my husband says, we did the right things for your mom. We took care of her. We always took her in. And if that's what they want to do, they can live with whatever they choose. Mm-hmm. And that's true. You know, I, I always took care of my mom. I always took I took her in. She lived with us when she was ill, recovering. And you know what? And it was $12,000. My brother can have it. And that's fine. You know what? I My other siblings had said they didn't care. They trusted me. What I'll do with it. And then my other brother came in and said, this is, this is who deserves the money. So I was like, whatever. Both things were over money. And it's just so ridiculous because when before the lawsuit kind of happened, I had said, you know, the one thing we won't fight about is money in my family because my siblings and I aren't like that. <laughs> and then that's what happens. It's like, oh, my goodness, I have to be careful for what you wish for, I guess, or say, because I would have never guessed that that would have happened in a million years. Can we try something together? Sure. Okay. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to take both of your hands and I want you to place them over your heart. Okay, now take a deep breath in with me. Deep breath out. And I want you to use your imagination to see your dad. I want you to see your mom. They are such close soul friends on the other side. They chose to come to earth together in this lifetime because they wanted to have that experience together to learn lessons together and they are so excited for the journey that they got to experience in this lifetime but they also love you so incredibly much and they are so proud of you for everything that you've been able to do and overcome in this lifetime. And I want you to see your siblings, your immediate siblings from your mom and dad as souls on the other side. See yourself as a soul on the other side. None of you are going anywhere anytime soon. It's just a practice to see yourselves as souls, your higher selves so that you could connect with that higher energy. And I want you to see your dad in heaven coming up to you in heaven and putting his hands on your cheeks and saying, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that the money that you were so deserving of didn't come to you. I am so sorry that you were treated 
the way that you were because you didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything to bring that action upon yourself. And I want you to see him showing you a box. And inside this box is all of the energy that he wants you to have. Financial energy, energy that you and your family are going to go on these trips. And he says, I need you to know like you know, like you know in your heart that even though what was due to you didn't come to you, was even taken from you, will be replaced and multiplied, that there are blessings that he is bringing through to you. And what he does is he comes over to you, he holds your face in his hands, and he says, I need you to release this hardness from your heart, not for them, but for you. Because when you release this hardness from your heart and allow the energy to be light again, you're going to find that these blessings just come streaming into your life. And that is what he wants for you. That's what your mom wants for you. That's what your grandparents want for you. They want you to have everything and to see everything differently. But we can't do that unless we remove that heavy energy from our heart chakra. So what I want you to do is with your eyes closed still, I want you to take another deep breath and I want you to see your angels, God energy, really just lifting up their hands as if they're doing Reiki energy healing. They're lifting up their hands. Their palms are aimed at your heart chakra and they're drawing all of the heaviness within the body, uh, within the heart, up through the heart chakra so that they are taking all of this heaviness for you. I want you to keep breathing deeply for the next minute or so as they continue releasing all of this heaviness up and out. My friends who are listening, if you have heavy energy in your auric field, feel free to do the same thing. Put your hands over your heart, breathe deeply, and allow your angels and God to come in to remove all of that heaviness from your auric field, from your body. You could see it as a stream of energy that just pours outward through the heart chakra. They take that energy and they transmute it into love, peace, bliss, ease. Your dad and your mom come together and they give you the most ginormous hug. Not only are they watching out for you, but they're watching out for your kids. And they want you to know that there's never a time here when you'll be alone. They will always be here for you. And more than anything, just know like you know, like you know, have that faith that those blessings are pouring into you, okay? Okay. How do you I tried a lot of your, you know, um, manifestation thinking and it works. It has worked. Good. And keep trying that. Do you feel lighter in your heart? Yeah, I do, actually. Good. Good. Wanda, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really value your time and your stories. And um, please keep in touch. I'd love to, to know how you're doing and when those blessings manifest in your life. Okay.
Sounds great. Thanks so much for your time. Of course. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere. They're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them. Welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss.
Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now. Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure white radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination, your DNA strand. Now, the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good 
Some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute. Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God Please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security, Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, 
please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.